It may well not be ideal in one sense to end a gospel on a note of fear with terrified women fleeing from the tomb of Jesus, having just been told by an angel that Jesus has been raised from the dead. But nonetheless, you can understand their fear and their reluctance to say anything to anybody. The women would not have known what to think. The sight of an angel would have provoked fear by itself. But then to be told that Jesus' body isn't where it should be because he's risen from the dead is totally off the scale in terms of mind-blowing and awe-inspiring statements to take on board. If the women had managed to have any presence of mind to think anything at all, they might have reflected that resurrection is something that does not happen in this life, in this present age, but only in the age to come, at the end of all things, when God brings in the kingdom and raises the righteous dead to life. That's what Jews at the time believed. So perhaps the ending that we have here to Mark's gospel is not so surprising after all. Now, clearly the women did manage to say something about this first Easter day to others because we've had 2,000 years of Christian belief in the resurrection. And yet, in spite of that, it seems that in our age and culture, it's as much death as resurrection that people find hard to talk about. Any mention of death can bring the accusation that we're being morbid. And yet, apart from taxes, it's the only thing we can all be certain will happen to us in this life. So, why the reluctance? Perhaps part of the answer is, lies in a loss of belief in Christian teaching about what happens after death. The concept of heaven and, in some cases, hell. The understanding of judgment before God and resurrection of the dead. Our largely secular society has lost hold of such doctrines and therefore doesn't know quite what to make of death or what follows it. And yet, a recent report that was published indicated that in spite of a further decline in people in this country claiming to be Christian, people continue in increasing numbers to believe in an afterlife. But what kind of afterlife? Well, that opens up a whole range of opinions out there that are on offer. Here's just a few of them. There are those who say, when you're dead, you're dead, and that's it. There's nothing more that happens. No other kind of existence. Then there are others who say, well, when you die, you go to a place possibly in the sky, that is some kind of eternal extension of everything good that you've enjoyed on earth. So when we hear people say, oh, he'll be in that celestial golf course now, playing a few rounds with his friends, that's the kind of thinking they believe. Something I've already seen printed about Ronnie Corbett. And adults, let alone children, hold on to the thought 
that granddad is now a supernova in the galaxy, or God has added a new recruit to his legions of angels. But then how, how else are those with no Christian belief or understanding to make sense of death and the concept or the hope of some kind of afterlife? And where do we, indeed, as Christians, stand in all this? Well, I'm sure if we were put on the spot, we'd say that we have a belief that when we die, we go to heaven and we enter into God's nearer presence. But does that actually make it any easier for us to talk to others about death or even to contemplate death ourselves? Many Christians have a fear of death, but to admit it is perhaps in a way to feel as though we're letting the side down. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement in the 18th century, confessed to a fear of death that was brought home to him during a storm as he crossed the Atlantic. And yet this self-disclosure led to a later deep spiritual awakening in him that transformed his life and the whole of this country in the process. Sometimes, indeed, Christians involved in healing ministry can struggle with death and praying for healing. A former dean of Salisbury Cathedral said that the first four people he had ever prayed with to be healed all died shortly after he had prayed with them. It was only later that he came to see that often such prayer with the dying is actually a form of healing in itself because in some way it gives permission to the dying to let go and move on and through death to gain wholeness of life. On the other hand, praying with the dying can sometimes bring surprises. When I was on one occasion working down here in London, Rita, my wife, took a call from a church member where we were then living and working in South Yorkshire to go and pray with her mother in a nursing home as she'd been told that her mother had only a few hours to live. Rita went and prayed with the old lady. I said I would call in the next day on my return. When I went... I found the old lady sitting up in bed, eating some breakfast, with the staff looking on in sheer and total amazement. Yes, the old lady did die, but 17 days later than was forecast. You see, I think as Christians, we we struggle with death and healing for, for two main reasons. Firstly, We often buy into the prevailing mindset that death is the ultimate enemy, which of course in one sense it is. It does deny everything that life offers to us, everything that life holds out to us. It can cut life short sometimes in very cruel and tragic ways. But yet, having said that, for Christians, Death is the gateway to a new form of life, a way of being in Christ, 
freed from all the constraints that this life can impose, especially in old age or in infirmity. It's hard to see death as something to prepare for, welcome and embrace, as so many Christian saints of the past have taught us, simply because it's not in the thinking or the mindset of our culture for us to do that. The prevailing attitude is that we put off thinking about that as long as we possibly can, Christians included. And secondly, when we are faced with the dying or those with terminal illness, how as Christians do we pray? To pray for death seems somehow insensitive and denying of God's power to heal. And yet to pray for healing for this life can seem to reflect a denial of reality and also of the Christian hope held out in death. Perhaps all we can do in those circumstances is simply to ask God to give the healing that God alone can give, whether that healing is for this life or for the next. But healing through death isn't only about staving off the end of mortal life and extending our earthly existence. Genuine healing that is about the whole person and not simply about the body can come through death. Let me briefly tell you about John, who was the husband of a Methodist local preacher called Pat. Pat was one of my church members some years ago in Sheffield. Pat had already suffered many years of ill health through emphysema when it was diagnosed that John her principal carer, had a brain tumour. For John, surgery was not an option. But Pat and many others prayed for his healing. John did not recover physically, but towards the end of his life, Pat prayed that John, an unbeliever, would come to know Christ. Rita and I visited John many times in hospital, and, at the end of his, and as the end of his life drew closer, we both noticed a change of attitude in John. It became clear that he had found a deep peace with which to face his death. And Pat knew that in that peace, he had accepted Christ before he died. At the very end of his own life, John Wesley, having overcome his fear of death, was able to utter these final words. The best of all is, God is with us. It is in his letter to the Philippians that Paul expresses most clearly this kind of positive Christian attitude towards death. For me, he says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For Paul, it's a win-win situation, and he's torn between living and dying. If he continues to live, he can continue his fruitful labor, as he puts it, because that will be to the benefit of the Philippian church, and no doubt to the benefit of other Christian congregations elsewhere. 
But on the other hand, he confesses that his desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is better. And he can't make his mind up between the two. Where I believe we can help others is for us as Christians to dare to talk openly of death in the same positive tones as we heard from the lips of Paul and Wesley. To be countercultural in that respect, as in so many other respects of our Christian life and witness. And what we need to remember too is that death and resurrection lie at the very heart of our Christian faith. To be reticent about death is in some way to devalue the meaning of the cross, which empty as it is, like the tomb, declares to all the truth we proclaim in our communion service. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So for the Christian, and especially Christians like us, called or drawn to healing ministry, death is not the final frontier. Christ has boldly gone where no other human being has gone before. And through his death and resurrection, he enables us to say with Paul, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen.